This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and in the studio today for the third day in a row is Pastor Andy Doyle. Pastor Andy is the campus pastor of Christ Community Church in Bartlett, where the Village Church is also located. And I know I speak in behalf of our elders and our church and say we love you guys. So excited for what God is doing in and through Christ Community, not just in Bartlett, but honestly all over the Chicago area. We're very pumped for you guys. And uh, so it's my joy to have you here today. And today, um, this whole week, we're answering some of the most frequently asked questions that Pastor Andy gets. And so today the question is, what is it like to raise a special needs child? On top of that, um, Pastor Andy also has um, a hearing disability. And I would love for you just to kind of share um, about both of those circumstances. Tell us about um, your daughter, um, what she is navigating and then um, also share just some of your own personal story about your um your hearing and uh and growing hearing loss thank you uh i'll start with my daughter uh so i've got three children jessica's 10 sienna's eight and james is six my 10 year old jessica is on the autism spectrum and she also has adhd uh, that's a pretty lethal combination because it means she can bounce around from different things. But also when she's she set her mind on something, uh, she does not let it go. It also is a, she just has less of an executive function. So whereas people typically have a filter for what they're thinking to what they're saying, um, she doesn't. Mm. Kind of like Simon Cowell, um, another British person. But it's that kind <laughs> of, uh, it's a social disability and it's an I'm emotional disability. Cowell, by the way, not... Not yeah. your daughter. Just make sure that we're clear on that. <laughs> he says what he's thinking, and so yeah. does my daughter. So for us, the challenge is um, how do we love her appropriately in the midst of some really challenging behavior? I'll give you an example. Uh, yesterday, uh, I turned 40. We went out for my 40th birthday, went out for a meal at a restaurant. I won't promote it, uh, but it was. It came to the meal, and I have got three kids, and they were fighting over who was going to sit next to me. And my oldest daughter wanted to, and we thought, right, we're not going to do a battle with her because if she doesn't get what she wants, um, she will have this almighty meltdown. And she doesn't even know she's doing it half the time. And it's just, she kind of humiliates herself. And it's it's really painful to watch as a parent. So we let her sat through me, sat next to me uh, during the meal. It came to dessert. Uh, she got off her chair. My son, James, quickly stole it to sit next to me. And they, they came out with some birthday cake and were singing it. And while they were singing happy birthday to me, my daughter, Jess, uh, kicked him off the chair and tried to wrestle him and it was it was just wow. really embarrassing and painful wow. and then they went to take a family picture of me smiling and Jess was crying and not wanting to smile so mm-hmm. just even last night it's it's painful is the best way I can describe it she she behaves in certain ways that she is not aware of the immediate impact that that is doing on her environment so afterwards we got home uh, she had like a degree of sadness and remorse she kind of was aware that that might have tarnished things but it's just trying to love her appropriately Uh, we got a diagnosis when she was eight years old so i would say from the age of four till eight we were aware that there was definitely something going on but we weren't quite sure what Um, it was really hard parenting her that age because we didn't understand the way she was thinking it was um things like why can't you just be nice to your brother or why can't you be nice to your sisters um 
or your sister, sorry, there was just a, a behavioral element that didn't seem to make sense. Now we know that her brain thinks differently. We, we still try and learn to love her appropriately, learn to give her grace, learn to give her, uh, she does well with lots of front loading of information. So we, you know, with hindsight, we could have said to her, when the dessert comes out or when the birthday comes out, it will be helpful if you're smiling, even if you're not feeling happy. Those kind of things. So she's coached through it. But I'll, I'll be candid. It's just painful. So you know, <laughs> had a good birthday. That happened. I just felt so sad. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's my birthday. Um, it's my special day. And how did this happen? So what typically will happen is uh, we'll go home. My wife and I will talk it through. Uh, she will say, this is where I felt you could have done something differently. And this is where I felt hurt. And then I'll say, well, this is where I felt hurt. And we'll kind of agree, make up, and then we'll talk to Jess um, once wow. we've calmed down, once her thought processes have calmed down. But to be honest, it's just, it's painful. Um, it's hard. It's, it's tough knowing that someone you dearly love, like my daughter Jess, is going to put herself in difficult situations most of her life. And so it's really, if, you, if your kid's riding a bike and you think, oh, they're going to fall over, you'd want to almost shout to stop them to fall off. With Jess, it's almost like neurologically, she's going to fall off the bike every yeah. day. And as parents, you can try and equip her um, for that. But at the same time, it it's heartbreaking just knowing that there's some things you can't protect her from. And there's, there's things she will say to people in different social situations where they will have a, a reaction to her, which is probably justified, um, that will be very painful for her. So it it's an area for me where you raise a special needs child, you feel alone as a parent, you feel alone as a couple, and as a dad, when you want to love and care and protect your child, you feel, um, you feel less able to do that. Mm. You, you touched on something that I think most people don't consider, and that is the um, tension that happens between a mom and a dad when the child is acting out. I mean, if, if you have a child without special needs, a mom and dad can already be disagreeing by how one parent went about disciplining, correcting, resolving the issue publicly, particular, you know, in a particular circumstance. But you have the whole special needs aspect to it, and there's a whole nother level of wisdom and training in how to deal with that. And I just appreciated that you shared the reality that you and Shelly had to sit down and figure that out personally and resolve that because that's very real. I mean, share, share a little bit about some of the tensions that that naturally creates in a relationship. So, so with um, someone on the autism spectrum, in terms of sensory processing, everything's like t times 10 for mm -hmm. them. So if you see a child with autism, they'll sometimes have headphones on just because sound is very, very painful or, or noise and color and many people. Uh, that translates, if you've got a child with on the autism spectrum, it's almost like the emotions of parenting times 10. Wow. So you just learn to, you learn to connect. You learn by trial and error to let each other express how you're feeling, and then more often than not, you just align. So, I mean, the thing we uh, disagreed on yesterday was uh, my daughter was kicking up a fuss about not being in the photo. So that just raises your tension and your emotion. Mm -hmm. um, my answer was, well, if she's not going to smile, let's just take a photo of us, the ones that are smiling. My wife's interpretation was, you can't disclude your daughter from a family picture because she's not going to smile. So there's always, there's always the opportunity to think, um, that the other person 
is the adversary. Mm. Um, as Christians, and certainly in marriage, there is an adversary, but it's not your spouse. And so we've, we've learned over time, and we still don't get it perfect, to just be honest, transparent, process things well without emotion, like after the event. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty good at... Uh, doing my best speeches when I'm passionate and then regretting every word of them afterwards. <laughs> um, so we've kind of learned through trial yeah. and error to wait till afterwards yeah. uh, when everything's settled down and then to talk through some of those. Um, that takes an incredible amount of humility, which I, I'm guessing is a learned humility in your relationship to have the discipline, patience to wait and then to realize you are not my enemy. Like that for most marriages, pastor or otherwise, I mean, it's, that's hard. I mean, it's it's hard for me because I knew um, even yesterday my my fleshly side said to me, "Look, it was my birthday. Could I yeah. just not have a happy picture? And could I just not have uh, my way with that happy picture?" My wife's need was, "I've worked so hard to give you a nice day, and this yeah. would be the icing on the cake for nice day. So I really need everyone in this picture smiling." So the humility, my fleshly response would be. Hang on a minute. No, you, you listen to me. The, the the truth was my wife's need. I needed to affirm that she had worked so hard to make that day special. And I genuinely had to listen uh, without wanting to interrupt as she um, just explained how she felt I'd let her down by not wanting Jess in the picture. Mm. You have to listen to it all before saying, I understand why you thought that. That hasn't, isn't actually what I meant when I said that. Um it's, it's an ongoing challenge is all yeah. I'll say. Just uh, as, as a Christian husband, uh, you can sometimes think uh, there's a, you can sometimes have a love of rule, which is really, really unhealthy in a marriage. Wow. As a Christian husband, the most important thing is the rule of love. And so the golden rule was I need to put my wife's need to express herself above mine to express myself at this moment. Um, I was grateful that I did. Uh, it doesn't always happen. <laughs> yep. Wow. So talk to me about as you look into the future with your daughter, um, you know, there are typical milestones. You graduate high school at 18, you go to college, or I guess nowadays you stay at home and go to college and then maybe you leave and then you stay home until you're like 30. So maybe those are the new expectations for millennial kids <laughs> right now. But like as it pertains to, you know, there's a script in every parent's head and the script may be different. In my family, the script was you graduate, you go to college, you get a job, and you leave. But when you deal with special needs, it might not play out that way. So how do you script the future? What is it given her unique? When, whenever you get a, a diagnosis, I've got friends that have you know uh, children with Down syndrome, there is a grieving process that can take two to five years. Within wow. that grieving process after the diagnosis, that's when you learn to rewrite the scripts. My script for Jessica is she's she's highly intelligent, highly artistic, pretty high functioning um, autism spectrum. But I just need to be aware that she's prone to impulsive behavior. She's prone mm. to bad decisions. So my script looks like if she chooses to walk away from the faith, I need to understand that because it's hard for her to have a close faith relationship with someone she doesn't see because that makes no literal sense to her. If she chooses to date someone who I think is a bad choice, I have to accept and understand that. So you're thinking, you're looking down the timeline of her life thinking, there may be bad choices here. I need to love her and guide her as necessary. Now, obviously, as a dad, you 100% going to guide them, but there's a, I'm going to hold my expectations of her more loosely than I possibly would of someone else. 
Wow. Um, wow, that's, that is very heavy. And I know that personally, there are um, a handful of moms and dads that I'm aware of that listen to this podcast who have kids with special needs. And it is um, uniquely hard for each circumstance. So um, I'm going to throw an audible. Um, we're going to talk about your physical physical disability tomorrow. Today, I'd love for you to close out this podcast, and I would just love for you to share um, any counsel that you would have for a mom and dad raising a special needs kid. And then if you would be so kind as to just address, um, why do you believe God um, allows these circumstances? And particularly in your life, even maybe, how has this impacted your spiritual life? Okay. Um, no pressure. I will. I will. Yeah, small question. Yeah. Um, I will. I will answer. I'll answer it backwards, if that's okay. So, I actually just don't know why why God allows that. Uh, in a simple way, I know He doesn't make mistakes. Um, it's mm-hmm. a very complex answer. I do know who God is, and I know that He has a plan. I know that He works all things for the good of those that love Him, and I know that He has. There's a place where he has dealt with suffering once and for all, and that was on the cross. So I will look forward to a time when there's no such thing as special needs mm. or disabilities. But in the in the here and now, I'm not going to get necessarily the whys. I will get the who. And I know he cared so much about suffering that he himself took it upon the cross uh, on our behalf. So that gives me comfort. I I, I don't know. I just have to trust my dad. I have to trust my heavenly father in the midst of despair sometimes what that will look like is a day at a time so i'm not going to think too far in the future about what it's like for jess because it gets me anxious but i will think okay i drove her to school today i'll pray in the car jess uh, let daddy pray for you uh be a good girl be a good listener at school show love to others be a, a good student and be a kind friend and i'll say and now i'm going to pray for daddy and i'll pray something similar so it's just like a day at a time with jess and with special needs people it's like i wouldn't say it's permanently being in recovery but you're you're learning to live a day at a time uh, with different expectations than other people have uh, for other parents with special needs, I just want you to know that you're not alone. Uh, it it can feel like no one really understands the sheer intensity, the uh, physical uh, necessity sometimes if you have a less able-bodied child of how exhausting physically it is, how exhausting emotionally it is. Just say you're not alone. Uh, take your emotions to God. Cry out to him. Use the Psalms. They're great for that. Psalm 121 has been key for my wife uh, th- throughout uh, the, since Jess has been born, uh, just, just crying out to God and just trusting him. What we do at Christ Community, I'm in a special needs community group, so we meet up with other special needs families, and it's just helpful to know that other people struggle with stuff. Um, one of the the worst things people struggle with, if you're a special needs parent, that you, you never really dare say, but most people wrestle with the thought is, well, if this child hadn't been born, then my life would be easier. And that is a, a lie that sometimes comes into your head. But even being able to be vulnerable enough in 
in a community group and say, can you can you pray for me? I'm struggling with this thought and I don't like myself for having this thought, but there are times when I think this thought. Just having a community of people that are able to love you and care for you and, and pray for you. And sometimes you just, there's a couple of dads that have special needs kids. We, we'll go out together and you just need, <laughs> mm. a, you have a unique uh, responsibility to love your wife uh, extra, to love your children extra. And just as guys, you just need to get out sometimes. And so if you're a dad uh, and you've got special needs children, uh, find other dads that do, and you, you'll you be able to relax even more deeply with mm. them. And of course, being from England, you all drink tea. So yeah, I wasn't um, going to say that. I know. That's Pub's helpful. Yeah. Um, I'd like to close and read Psalm 121. Um, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Can I get an amen, Pastor Andy? Amen. Amen. Well, Village Church, want to thank you for joining us again. want to thank you, Pastor Andy. And uh, tomorrow we're going to have Andy come back and uh, he's going to share about his personal um, physical disability with hearing loss and uh, really appreciate, again, your vulnerability and transparency on this subject. I know there will be a lot of parents who are probably just going to be encouraged um, to hear your story and just to know that their their frustration and plight and anxiety is not um, uh, unique to them. It is a shared experience. So listeners, if you would do us three favors, number one, would you go to vcob.org, um, go to our Village Church website. On the homepage, there's a button that says Q&A questions. Would you submit a question? Number two, would you share this podcast? And when you think of the person that just drives you the most nuts and send it to them, And then uh, finally, number three, would you um, please rate and review this podcast? Thank you. And we will see you tomorrow.